Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ, the best damn sports talk in the Carolinas. We appreciate you hanging out with us here on a Wild Take Wednesday. we got a busy show ahead, 5 o'clock hour particularly so. Uh, coming up one hour from now, Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports NFL Draft Analyst and Specialist. Uh, we'll talk Panthers with him, how to weaponize the offense and what they might be looking for, obviously. But also, uh, this is Drake May country. Drake May has been talked about a lot this week. And, you know, where he's drafted, his uh, abilities, his shortfalls, according to some. We'll talk about all that with Chris Trapasso coming up at 520. But right now we talk uh, college football and we get some thoughts on the Panthers as well with our buddy Aaron Taylor from CBS Sports Network. Uh, You see him in studios every weekend. He's a college football analyst. He played at Notre Dame where he was a two-time All-American. He also played six years in the NFL with the Packers and the Chargers. He got a ring in Green Bay. He's a Super Bowl champion, and he's back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Aaron, it's good to have you back, brother. How you been? It's good to be here, Kyle. Always happy to hop on and talk some ball with you, brother. Yeah, man, it's good to have you back. And and so let's start with something because you're doing a really cool thing. You're here today uh, to tell us about your latest involvement with future fans it's uh, a game as I understand it that uh, is all about engaging and teaching youth about the game of football let's just start with the basics what is future fans and, and what should folks know about it well it's an innovative way and learning system that reimagines how kids learn sports by making it fun and easy by embedding the rules and concepts of football which can obviously be convoluted but into a storybook led experience so at night I, I read a story and read the story to my daughter We play some games, and it's helped her really become a fan. And I think more than anything, it's created an opportunity to create a family experience, a way for me to to connect with my daughter over a sport that I love that she's been historically resistant to because football always takes daddy away in the fall. So it's a super easy activity for parents that they can do together with their kids. It's won six awards since the launching in September, so it's knocking out of the park. And it's really innovative in the way that it introduces concepts that can kind of be convoluted. And the ring toss concept, four beanbags, four rings, where you get four chances to put a beanbag inside the ring. If you do, you get to advance to that ring and get four more chances to try to get a beanbag into the next ring. And that's their brilliant concept to introduce the fact that you get four downs to get a first down. So if I tried to sit there and explain that to my seven-year-old, her eyes would have rolled back in her head. But instead... (laughs) We read the story and played beanbag toss for 20 minutes that day, another 20 minutes the next day, and probably every three or four days now, we'll get that back out, and she just thinks we're playing a game, but it's really introducing the concepts of the sport to her, and I'm really excited about it. Anything that promotes the sport of football, especially as a girl dad, I'm all about. This thing has knocked it out of the park. So if you're a girl dad out there and looking for ways to connect with your kids or a grandparent or a caregiver, Uh, Go to Amazon and look up Future Fans or go to futurefans.com, put in the promo code FANS and get 15% off. It's a great way to connect as a family and introduce the sport of football and create a future fan for life. And that's just something that I did not have the opportunity to do with my own daughter, which is why I'm so excited about this. 
and want other people to know that that's possible for them. No, I, th- I think that's so cool. I, I've got two daughters. I've got a son, and, and already my 18-month-old son demands that I put football on the screen. Daddy football. Daddy fo- He doesn't know what he's looking at, but he knows it's exciting, right? Uh, but his sister, his older sister, she can be a little bit resistant to it, but I think this is cool, man. This is really, really cool. And look, I we talk about like the father-son bond in sports a lot on this show and, and elsewhere, but um, I'm getting the, the father-daughter bond as a dad for the first time. And so I, I often think about, you know, is this something that we're going to bond over or will this be just, you know, my son and I? So I think it's a really cool thing that you've done here to help bridge that gap and to teach guys, quite frankly, or give them an opportunity uh, to bond that way. And I think if, if there's a lot of meatheads out there like me, right? Like I sit down to watch the game. I'm like, hey, come over here, watch the game. See, this is football. And you're trying to get a touchdown. <laughs> the line of scrimmage and like, she's looking at me like, why are you still talking? And out come the unicorns, out come the gymnastics mats. And I didn't want to take my attention away from the game. But in this respect, there's a bingo watch game card, right? So there's different things when you recognize a penalty or a first down with a run or a first down with a pass or a field goal or a touchdown. You can mark it on this dry erase board and it gives them something to do. There's a wristband that has different plays and terminology. So we're out in the yard throwing the football. She has no idea how to throw, and for the record, I don't either. But it's creating new touch points, man. And I think at the end of the day, with all the electronics and all that stuff, what I've personally, as a father, really enjoyed about it, it's allowed me to connect with my daughter, to focus on her, but in a way that promotes something that's meant so much to me my entire life. And she's not all the way there, but I saw the other day she was sitting at her desk and she was drawing the Kansas team and an arrowhead because she knows who Travis Kelsey is, was drawing his jersey because of what we've seen with the Taylor Swift effect. So I'm hopeful that we get to reintroduce and and create a whole new generation of sports fans and future fans in position to help that take place. And I'm all about it. That's fantastic. We got Aaron Taylor, CBS Sports Network football analyst, former Super Bowl champion, by the way, uh, two time All American as well out of Notre Dame. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. So let, let me start broadly here, and I want to leave this purposefully open ended just to see where, where I think you can tell us in that way where you think the priorities in college football lie. But um, we're in an interesting place right now, right? Uh, we are talking about just the other day, Tennessee and Virginia had those. Uh, uh, you know, they, they were upheld by the Supreme Court, and it was a blow to yep. the NCAA. Uh, NIL and Portal, the combination of the two, we've been talking about that for a couple of years. And now we're seeing the SEC and Big Ten, you know, really start to try to pull away from everybody else. I mean, it seems as chaotic as it's been over the last couple of years, Aaron. Where do you think this is all headed? We are rapidly accelerating and even faster than I thought possible to the professionalization of intercollegiate athletics. It's arguably been there. The notion of amateurism has been a sham for a long time. All the business got handled behind the scenes and the curtain and not very discreetly. But now the enterprise of intercollegiate athletics is an economic windfall. So the the perfect storm, if you will, of the extra eligibility with the COVID year, the immediate eligibility that's granted the transfer portal, which is the mechanism that players can go from one school to the other, the ability for name, image, and likeness for individual players to benefit from their own success. That cacophony of gumbo, if you will, uh, has created a set of circumstances that's going to change the, the collegiate landscape forever. I'm concerned about that because it loses the integrity of, of what created this game, which is rivalry regionality, history, pageantry, those sort of things are largely out the window. UCLA is going to be going on the road to play Rutgers for a big 18 game. 
So we're going to see these changes and the tails wagging the dog with so much money that's to be made. In the end, we're still going to love the product, but the rich are going to get richer. I think it'll be a two-tier system where the, the what was Power 5, now the Power 4, eventually going to be the big two, almost like an AFC, NFC. We're moving that way because that's where the most money can be made. And I think people are realizing that. So moving from the 14 to the 12 team discussions immediately about the 14 team playoff and yep. what that might look like more is better when it comes to re generating revenue and college football is rapidly on its way to do that at all costs. So I, I don't think people are going to shed many tears for the coaches in this situation, but it is interesting that Nick Saban retired. Um, some reports that there are a lot of guys knocking on his door wanting NIL raises. Mike Loxley's talked about third stringers coming to his front door, his, his office door in Maryland wanting raises. Chip Kelly left a head coaching job to go to Ohio State. Uh, Jeff Halfley seems like he couldn't be happier to be out of college athletics, leaving BC and, and to Green Bay now as their defensive coordinator. We've seen this in college basketball already with Roy and Kay and Jay Wright and some of the legends, Beheim stepping down. Do you think we're seeing some of that in college football right now? Absolutely. And you just laid it out beautifully. And for the first time ever, we have head coaches that aren't fired, but are willingly stepping down, taking lateral or lower positions because of what's taking place. Sean Elliott's another one that left a head coaching position and now is going to be uh, an assistant coach at South Carolina. That's unprecedented. Now, guys are taking less money because the money's so good because the headache is now not worth it for a lot of these guys. So if you're a Nick Saban, do you want to have to deal with a backup running back coming in and asking for $500,000 or he's going to take his talents elsewhere? Nobody wants that. But that's the environment that we've been created. The coaches hate it because they have very little control and certainly not complete control about who they sign to their rosters. The athletic directors are throwing their hands up because they don't want to be on the hook about certain things. So the collectives and the alumni groups used to pay for association and proximity. Now they have actual power. So as good as things are, it's going to create a lot of unintended consequences. And the same thing that plagued the NCAA will plague this new system, which is why we need a collegiate czar. Mm. We need somebody in control of everything, a commissioner of sorts, that's making a decision on the collective behalf of all participants which I think is going to be 32 or 64 at most, and we'll have a two-tier system a lot like when we went Division One to Division Two. There's going to be the Blue Bloods and the Big Boys and everybody else. They'll still play, but it won't be a level playing field. It'll just be out in the open, and nobody needs to disguise it anymore. Aaron, last thing, I'll cut you loose. Uh, you played six years in the league. We got the Carolina Panthers just down the road here, and uh, nobody was expecting Super Bowl last season, but it was far worse than just about anybody imagined that it would be with Bryce Young. Everybody was excited for Bryce Young, new coaching staff. They go 2-15. and uh, What do you think of the situation here, and uh, do you think it's bleak? What do you think of Bryce's future in the NFL? I think it's bright, and I think we've seen a lot of quarterbacks come in and struggle, and a lot of that is supporting cast and the environment that you're in, and I think – as a Panther fan, you'd be foolish to, to turn your back on him and start looking forward to who the next quarterback can be. There's some issues on that team that need to be addressed that I think are going to be able to help him getting good wide receivers, beefing up the interior of that offensive line among them. Dan Morgan, who one of the things we share in common is we went into the College Football Hall of Fame together, and I enjoyed reconnecting with him and chatting a couple years ago when that happened. He's, he's a brilliant and great football mind. 
you, you earn your keep by what you do in the draft. And this will be a very important one, especially with a new head coach who's committed to running the football. Those are the sort of things that can help a Bryce Young. If you can get an interior offensive line, beef up those guys up front, add a running game to that. Now, all of a sudden, Bryce Young's ability to push the ball down the field and take advantage of some play action situations takes a little bit of the pressure off him, which suits his skill set. So I'm still bullish on the Carolina Panthers, but this draft is going to have a lot to say about what these next two or three years look like. Love it. Aaron Taylor, I, I enjoyed this. We should do this more often, man. I appreciate the time. Be well. I'm all about it, man. I enjoyed our little convo about kids and, and being in the throes of that fog as well. So we'll <laughs> uh, we'll keep it rolling. Futurefans.com, right? Yes, sir. There you go. Aaron Taylor with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline.